This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Is the Ty Butler Show. So now that the Saquon Barkley mess seems to be taken care of, what's the case for the Giants taking a step back? You love the general manager, Joe Shane. You are in love with your head coach. Is it too much of me to ask you not to get swept by the Eagles and the Cowboys? I saw the USA Today put out their projected rankings. What, they have the Giants going 6-11? and 11? I mean, how did we get there? How did we get there? All the praise we're we are pouring down on this team and we're marching backwards to that extent? Explain it to me. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Pro Football Talk puts out that the Jets and quarterback Aaron Rodgers have worked out subject to signature a revised contract that smooths out a salary of $1.165 million in 2023 and a mammoth compensation package of $107.55 million in 2024. So uh, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are working out a deal to reconfigure the remainder of his contract. Uh, so, you know, looks like details of that coming out, salary cap, salary cap ramifications, and helping the Jets out, looks like, uh, this year. 800-919-3776. I, I tend to look at run differential as an indicator, and I used it in football as well, point differential. I sniffed out the Vikings last year. Uh, that record was was Fugazi. We saw what their point differential was, and they were winning a lot of one-score games. And then the Giants beat them in the playoffs and proved how fraudulent they were. Uh, st- uh, sorry, Steve Brzezinski. Uh, run differential in baseball is a, a, a metric that I look at as, as one that is important. And in the American League, of the teams with a positive run differential— the Yankees have the second worst one, meaning Cleveland's at plus one, the Yankees are at plus nine. So only one team has a worse, of, of, of all the positive run differentials in the, Amer- in the American League, only one team is worse than the Yankees, and that's Cleveland. And then I see the Astros beat the Rangers tonight, four to three. They're one game behind Texas in the American League West heading into Wednesday's series finale, which is interesting because injuries should cripple you, right? Jose Altuve started the season hurt. Jordan Alvarez has been hurt. And somehow the Astros are second in the wild card right now and one game back of first place in their division. 14 games above 500 with a plus 57 run differential. So the injuries haven't affected them. But the Yankees lose Aaron Judge, and they become one of the worst teams in baseball. They're now in last place in that American League East. It's interesting how that works. Let's go to Tommy in Connecticut. He wants to talk Yankees. What's up, Tommy? Hi, my guy. I wish I was going to be the guy bringing you a glimmer of hope, but I ain't going to do that tonight. Oh, <laughs> Because I got to get this out because I ain't calling the guys in the morning because they're going to be insufferable tomorrow. Oh, because they're Met fans. They're little Met fanboys. Rick and Dave will have some fun uh, with the fact that their team that, you know, isn't going to playoffs at least are trying to spoil the Yankees' playoff chances. Right. This is like this is like their World Series. Yeah. Every year it is. But, man, watching that, I mean, watching it was, was bad, but I went back and looked at the box score afterwards. You look at Herman's line, dude. How do you have nine strikeouts and one walk, but give up six earned runs? <laughs> the home runs, like, man. It's, it's like it was like, leaving the park left and right. 
Pete Alonzo and Vogelback. Doing anything, throwing changeups, changeups to righties right down into their wheelhouse. And and what was going on in the outfield? They, these guys looked like the bad news bears out there. And right off the bat in the first inning, immediately right? in the first inning, we saw issues at a position that for two years, Cashman even there. Yeah, and for two years, Cashman has failed to address his left fielder. And we saw that immediately in the first inning become an issue. And then Bader, Absolutely. who's typically sound, and I appreciate the call, Tommy, typically, you know, a great outfielder had some issues tonight. So defensively, they're, they're a mess. They're a mess. I don't, you, obviously, their offense is woeful. But then defensively, you continue to watch them not be able to make routine plays. That's an issue. But you said Aaron, you 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 talked about Domingo Herman, so I was curious. What did the manager have to say about Herman's performance? Yeah, obviously, he gives up the two back-to-back homers late. Really, up until then, he threw the ball well. You know oh that you know he got hurt with a couple balls that fell in the outfield, oh, and Lord. then you know the O two change up to to Alonzo. You know, I just don't think it was the right pitch in that spot. And obviously, he <clears throat> hit a line drive into the stands against him around that. You know, had a lot of ugly swings. Like his stuff seemed pretty good oh to me, God. but obviously the long ball got him tonight. And, and I, and, you know, I thought that O two is the one we want what's, back. What's happening? His his stuff seemed pretty good, fam. He 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 gave up six runs on seven hits, three home runs, and you're gonna you're gonna sit up there, and and tell people that his stuff seemed pretty good. Is he losing his mind? Well, no, this is who he's always been, and it's becoming more annoying uh, since he's in the midst of the worst regular season he's had as a manager since coming here. But are, are you? come on. It drives me crazy. It makes me want to just, like, throw something at, at, at Harvey, like right at his so forehead. What I do? I just, just because you're right in front of me, and I gotta stare at your face. I'm a Yankee fan too, you know. Might, I, like may, to I got a jet helmet in the studio that I want to take and just ram it right into your nose. I wouldn't do that. Bart wouldn't like it the next day. <laughs> or I can take, I can take the television monitor and just ram it right over your head. His stuff seemed pretty good. Uh, who are you fooling? Who are you kidding? Ugly he, swings. Does he actually believe this? Yes. Oh, my goodness. It just drives me crazy. And I was someone who's defended Boone, but it's just becoming just overwhelming. I cannot listen to that anymore. His his stuff seemed pretty good after he gave up three home runs. Oh, man. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Buddha's in the Bronx. Buddha, listen, I, I don't even have the energy to, to disagree with you about anything. So you're right. Whatever you say, you're right, man. How you going to lead in like that, though? Like, <laughs> You're right, bro. You're horrible for that. You're right, man. <laughs> Robert Salas. I don't even say anything. Robert Salas, Adam Gates 2.0. You're right. I'm not even I didn't even go on to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, but nobody loves Aaron Boone post-game presser like the franchise. <laughs> oh man, I, I can't listen to it anymore. It's like driving me crazy. It it really is. It it really you know, is. I I was watching uh my homegirl Matea Roach on uh on the Jeopardy uh Masters Championship. I, I you know, listen, I I don't want to say I'm defeated or nothing like that, but I, I understand where the Yankees are this year, but just as a franchise as a whole and I'm not going to do that to myself. Uh, I'm just not, you know. 
<laughs> it's a feeling. It's it's like we're dejected right now. Dejected. It's also a feeling of reality. L- l- listen, we can't wait till Aaron Judge comes back. For what? Yeah. For what? He's gonna save them. Speaking the third, the third wild card, possibly. That's where we are as a franchise. The Yankees. Yes, the Just Yankees. In the wild card, a, a, a third wild card as a possibility, <laughs> and call that. Oh, listen, we rebounded from. <laughs> forget it. I'm not even gonna go there. Stop it. Come back and go there. Um, you know, on a serious note, though, I was really taken aback earlier when I heard about. Um, you know, Bronny James, oh, man. man. Right, bro. Like, Dude, come on, man. when I Yo, saw I'm... that flash across my screen this morning, my heart dropped. And it's different. Yeah. It hits different when you become a parent because we all, yeah. like, put ourselves in that position. Yeah. Like, how would you react if you got a phone call that, you know, your kid had c- collapsed in a practice and he's in cardiac arrest? So I was going to bring that up on the show, man. I, I just want to send love and positive energy yeah. to LeBron and, and Savannah and the family because that is scary. It uh, looks like he's he's doing okay, but that 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 is scary. And we immediately go to you know what does it mean basketball wise, and you're playing with his son. But most importantly, just just hoping that he's healthy and he's able to live a, a happy life because that is just that's, that's that's an awful story, a terrible story. Yes, yes. You feel as a parent, you feel helpless in a situation like that, and it's similar to the Demar Hamlin thing. Is let's give a salute to those um, medical professionals. Yes. People who do those jobs, if they slip, life could be lost. I mean, you know, unbelievable. You know, it's just, it's very tough. There's a lot of tough things going on these days. But um, I lighten the mood a little bit. With um, first of all, you know, you're talking about you just you're gonna agree with everything I said. You, I definitely gonna agree with this. You know, first of all, Saquon Barkley played himself. We all know that. Uh, I don't know who was advising him or what he was going into any of these, uh, you know, dealings thinking about, but. He doesn't come out looking anything like a rose at all. He actually comes out looking like a like a buffoon, to be quite honest with you. But um, you know, when I think about the, the, the Giants and where they are and all these different things, with Daniel Jones being um, a mystery, and see what they are, I'm just looking forward to October 29th because this is the first year in a long time where the Jets and the Giants played, and we owe them one. For that Victor Cruz, we owe them one. That ruined my Christmas, bro. That ruined my Christmas. Come on, we need to put the smack down. Yeah, uh, you know, we we uh, you know Daniel Jones. We know Daniel Jones is adequate, and you know the coach is a great coach, but the Giants don't have a lot of talent. You know, I heard what you were saying about them not you know getting swept by Dallas and splitting with the Redskins. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something, like honestly, and I'm not saying it just as a fanboy. You know, from from the time. There was an October, like, 10th game in, in 98 where, you know, the Eagles played the Giants on Monday Night Football. I'm sure you've seen the play. Carl Banks, yep. you know, rolls out. He hits Randall. Randall stays upright with one arm on the mm-hmm. ground, throws that pass to Jimmy Giles. Yep. From, from that point on, you know, the Jets have always been my team, but in the NFC, the, the Eagles have been my team. And it's not really hard to decipher. They had Randall. They had Donovan. They had Mike. And then now they got Jalen Hurts. You know, I love to see a guy play in that position that looks like me, smells like me, and things like that. Um, you know, listen, the Giants might be able to get a split with the Cowboys. They might, they, they, they should, you know, win both games against the Redskins, but we know that they won't. You know, but listen, with the Eagles, the Eagles as opposed to the Giants and as opposed to the Cowboys, 
clearly a cut above, coach-wise and at the quarterback position, which is we know what the league is boiled down to now. You got that pairing going on together, it's really hard to beat, especially when you don't have dynamic talent. But, you know, to wind it all up and to, you know, correlate it with the Saquon situation, now Saquon has not proven his point and acquiesced to whatever the Giants want. Now, to me, the spotlight shifts clearly on Daniel Jones. They gave you a couple of dollars, and I know it's only for two years guaranteed, but now there's no excuses. Saquon Barkley's back. You know, your coach is a good coach. You can't be throwing no 15 touchdowns I'm this with year. you. I, I am you know totally with you, Buddha, and I appreciate the call. I'm totally with you, and I, I would say it's not just about the 15 touchdowns because he's a total package guy, right? Like, he's able to... Uh, become a, a dual threat and in big-time situations run for first downs, which means that he could also run for touchdowns, where he added seven on the ground last season to give him 22. But that number has to increase. And I was talking to Jordan Renan last night, and he said, you know, you can you, you can just remove the stats and, and go based on what you watched. He was pretty good last year. I hear all of that. But he's got to give me more than 22 touchdowns. I have to see that – in year two of this offense, where he should be a more mature quarterback in this system with better weapons, Saquon is there. The numbers should be better. He should be a a a a more sophisticated quarterback as far as you know, not just training wheels. There were numbers that I came across earlier. The Giants weren't completing a lot of twenty-yard passes. Like, they really went bare bones on this offense. We're going to simplify it just to cut down on the turnovers, correct some mechanical issues, and allow you to be the best version of yourself while essentially dumbing it down. But as you give me $40 million, the expectation should be that I I improve, that I get better. I I establish myself as an upper echelon quarterback. Where not, I'm not I'm not a glorified game manager who's got a four-year, $160 million contract. We need more of that. We need more, which is why I, I look at the Giants and I, I look at what they're up against next year, and I am not subscribing to let's just sit here and, you know, sign up for a regression just because the schedule's tougher, fourth hardest, and, you know, they won a lot of one-score games last year. Come miss me with that. You love your coach. You love your general manager. You paid your quarterback like you love him. The running back is there. The defense was good last year. You should not get swept by the Cowboys. Even if you get swept by the Eagles, make it up by sweeping Washington. Take care of business in a conference where there's not a ton of firepower outside of the top three teams. Don't just settle for a regression. The expectations should be higher than what I've heard so far. 800-919-3776. We'll go till midnight. Jets on the table. Giants on the table. Mets. Yankees uh, with a pathetic loss tonight. Shout out to Justin Verland. He's been really good in his last six starts. I don't know if the Mets are going to trade him at the deadline or hold on to him with hopes that next season you can turn it around. But Verland has been really good since the, since the shaky start uh, to his Mets tenure. 800-919-3776. We roll along right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, that story uh, of that MTA supervisor getting fired 
is Pete. Congratulations, you played yourself. He he was caught taking multiple flights to Florida while on the clock. And his responsibilities included overseeing elevator inspections and maintenance from 14th Street in Manhattan to the Bronx. He took several weekday flights from New York City to his second home in Florida while he claimed to be doing field work. Well, it's a good thing that fares are going up in New York City, even though the service is trash, delays are more frequent than trains being on time, there's the rat infestation issues, the garbage, not feeling safe because you got, you know, people being pushed off and, and into the tracks. So there's a whole lot of shenanigans going on, you know, in our subway system, but at least the fares are going up because, you know, uh, that's a great look for us. Really good. Really good. But uh, how did he think he was going to get away with this? Just straight up flying to Florida while on the clock and no one was going to no one was going to catch on to this? I wonder how often this is happening because he can't be the only guy doing it. But that's crazy. 800-919-3776. Before we get back to the phone calls, Adam Schefter broke the story today that uh, Justin Herbert secured the richest contract in NFL history, agreeing to a five-year extension worth $262.5 million. So he now surpassed Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson who signed 255 and $260 million extensions earlier this offseason, respectively. Herbert has been fantastic, at least the counting numbers. You look at the regular season stats, he's breaking records. Most passing yards through a player's first NFL season, uh, three seasons, that belongs to Justin Herbert. Only player in NFL history to throw 4,000 yards in each of his first three seasons, that belongs to Justin Herbert. The problem is we're going to start to look at you know, him being able to take his team on deep playoff runs where he's coming up short and hold it against him. I mean, what a disaster that was blowing that lead in the playoffs last year to the Jaguars where Trevor Lawrence threw four picks in the first half and was still able to win that game. The combination of Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert hasn't netted results that you would expect from a team that is talented, led by one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. But he got paid, and rightfully so. See, running backs have a hard time getting paid. You you find a quarterback, you, you're locking him up. Because that's where this league is trending toward. You don't have the quarterback, you don't have a chance. You have to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in order to have a legitimate shot at winning the Super Bowl. And that's the priority. No disrespect to the running backs. You still have tremendous value, but you're more easily replaceable. The quarterback, it's hard to get one, which is why I'm, I, I am thrilled to have the Hall of Famer uh, playing for my team. Let's go to New York City, and we talk to Ali. What's good, Ali? What up, Ty? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. What's going on? What's up, man? So I got two things to talk about. I got the Jets and the Knicks. So right. one thing, I don't know if you've been seeing some tweets, but they're taking turns on Beckton, and I'm really worried. Everyone's going through him. Like, we need insurance right now. Like, Jody's got to go find somebody. Do you still have trust in Makai Beckton uh, or not? I never had trust in Makai Beckton. It, it's hard for me to put faith in a guy who's played, like, 44 snaps in the last two years. 
I just hope I just hope if the team does like win without him, he doesn't turn into an Elijah Moore situation when the team's winning and he's unhappy. Yeah, but they'll move him. He's not like he is someone who can be an X factor. Like whatever you get from him is gravy. But as far as like you know, am I expecting him or relying on him to be a major contributor? No, and I don't think the Jets are. Dwayne Brown, you know, he's at an advanced age, so it's a little, uh, a, a little worrisome that you're relying on him. But that that's that that that's who that's who's going to be the guy who comes in and and has to to make things shake for the Jets. I, anything you get from Makai is is all gravy. Well, hopefully, we get something out of him. Because like you know that's a big Joe D uh, draft pick, that so we a, need him to be something. Man, that uh, and then so, if if Makai doesn't hit, you look back at that draft for the Jets, and it it's all, like all time bad, because they just traded away Denzel Mims, and that's the 2020 draft where Makai yeah. was was the 11th pick in that draft. So far, he's been a bust. You just traded away Denzel yeah. Mims for a conditional sixth or seventh rounder. <laughs> Ashton Dave, like that is an all-time bad draft, and that was year. That was the first draft for Joe Douglas. Yeah, yeah, man. And then so my other points about the Knicks. So Leon Rose, he never like he's never out there with the media. He never talks. And never. And I just want to know what his plan is right now with the Knicks. So like last year, you know, and I I know I should be grateful for the last three years because we've been relevant. But like, what is the plan? Are we like win now, or are we building for the future? Because they just waived Trevor Keels, and I don't. Even, we didn't have any draft picks, so I don't know if we're, we have any guys like that. We're like preparing to come up, come up. But the teams have remained the same since last year, with the addition besides uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Like, what is the game plan here? Are we good enough to compete with last year's team? Well, listen, uh, the the where Leon Rose deserves credit, and I appreciate the call, is the fact that in two of his four seasons, the Knicks have been a playoff team. And then this year they won a playoff series where, you know, to start the year no one expected. Where you do have reasons to be critical of him is, yes, like why, do you, why aren't you talking to the media? Why? And, and like forget the media. Like you owe it to your fans to at least talk to them. To let to, to send a message, let them know what's going on. Address what the plan is. Now, I you know I was listening to Bill Simmons and, and Stephen A. Smith today, and they started talking about the whole Giannis aspect. And Milwaukee might have one more year with Giannis to try to figure it out. They flamed out now in back-to-back playoff runs. Now you can attribute that to injuries. Uh, to Middleton, but this is a roster that's getting old. Brooke Lopez is what is he in year sixteen? Drew Holiday is, is is older than you would think, and they just locked in Chris Middleton to a big time contract. But Giannis can be surveying this 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 landscape in Milwaukee and saying, I, if I'm not winning this year, I don't think I'm ever gonna get back to winning championships with this team. So now we get to do that whole dance again about whether or not you know the Knicks become. A destination for him. If he demands a trade, do the Knicks, uh, do the Knicks make the list of teams that is a prime destination for him that he looks at and says, "I can go win there." As far as you know, what their outlook is for this current season, I think it's more of the same. Uh, your ceiling hasn't increased. I love the Dante DiVincenzo signing. He, he's an excellent 3 and D guy. He's going to excel in this system. Shot 40% from three last year. Steve Kerr raved about him. Steve Kerr loved Dante DiVincenzo. 
and, I, and he's going to be a really good pickup for this team. Jalen Brunson was, I mean, he, he had a coming out party. And I think that based on what we've seen, you know, two years ago, he was the second best player on, a, on, on the Mavs who were in the Western Conference Finals. So if you can get someone better than him, like a superstar, you can become a contender with Brunson as your second best player. But it always goes back to who's that superstar that's going to come here because you don't currently have him, and you haven't been able to draft said superstar. So this coming season, you'll be fun, playoff team. You don't have a higher ceiling than you did last year. But going forward, I mean, the chirping about Embiid and about Giannis, that is going to uh, either be exciting or exhausting for Nick fans. 800-919-3776. Back to your calls when we return right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Herbert, it's the highest amount of guaranteed money annually. We know total guaranteed. Deshaun got the 230 from Cleveland that we thought could uh, really destroy the, the quarterback market. But, you know, annually, Herbert at $52.5 million is the highest paid quarterback ever. Lamar's two. Jalen Hurts is three, Rogers four, and five is Russell Wilson. That's going to continue to be reset. You know, whenever Mahomes gets his next deal, who actually took a team-friendly contract to help them continue to, you know, fuel championships, uh, fuel championship-level teams. So, you know, we'll we'll continue to see that get reset. 800-919-3776. We are reacting to the Yankees losing once again to a bad team. This time, 9-3 at home to the Mets. So uh, just another pathetic showing. Here was uh, Aaron Boone when asked about Verlander. I thought his slider was really good. Kind of everything kind of worked off of that. You know, he was able to slow us down with the breaking ball, but allowed his fastball to really play. But I thought the short seemed short, late, and kind of how he wanted to throw it. So I, I definitely thought he was sharp and, and you know, really beat us up tonight. Hey, Harrison Bader, what, what's going on with the miscommunication problems in the outfield? Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, the uh, the atmosphere maybe added to the uh, the fact that we need to just be louder. Um, you know, guys obviously want the ball when it's when it's tossed out there. So, um, you know, a, a big atmosphere, I think, is going to add to, uh, <clears throat> you know, again, just, just the basic stuff with just continuing to call the ball into the glove, which you can get really loud out there. And even when you're calling, calling the ball, at, you know, as loud as you can uh sometimes it's hard to hear so again some of those balls kind of snuck in there uh but again that's that's really just part of the game so we're going to continue to work and continue to be a a unit out there and just kind of go from there learn from learn from tonight and what's up with that missed catch in the first inning off of uh pete alonzo's bat peter's a hitter and then and his swing uh he doesn't normally you know kind of dump those balls in there you know he took a full swing and again i think um yeah maybe the the pre-pitch positioning on my end I was kind of playing him a little more over, anticipating something different than, than what the plan at the plate was. So, But, again, that's that, that's part of it. you, you got to learn from everything, good or bad. So uh, moving forward, obviously we play these guys tomorrow. So uh, just taking notes and we'll kind of, uh, you know, evaluate and go from there. Buck Showalter on what Verlander was able to do tonight against that vaunted Yankees offense. He shut out the Yankees in uh, Yankee Stadium for six, plus in, six innings. That's really hard to do. And uh, I thought his stuff was pretty good. But uh, he's working on extra days. Also, supposed to pitch on regular rest next time out. So it had something to do with a little bit. But Yeah, Buck, the Yankees offense ain't great. So, yeah, it ain't that hard. Justin Verlander, what's been the key to your recent string of 
solid performances. Finding my groove, just pitching better. Uh, I talked a lot about being more deceptive early on and adjustments I needed to make to find that. And it feels like there's about a million adjustments, so I don't know if I can narrow it down to one or two. But um, just nice to see better reactions on pitches uh, from the hitters, good reactions on my behalf. Over his last six starts, Verlander is pitching to a 1-4-6 ERA. Are you focused on the trade deadline, Justin? Not really. Like I told you, I just kind of focus on what's ahead of me. I would I would hope that if there was any chance that you know Billy would would come and talk to me, uh, and, and 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 that hasn't happened. So I, I told you that I'm focused on being a Met. That's why I, I I signed here. I want to win here. Obviously, it hasn't gone according to plan just yet, but uh, I didn't sign a one-year deal. So there's that. I mean, to to have there be no buzz for Yankees-Mets at the end of July when we should be previewing a possible World Series matchup between the number one and number two highest payrolls in the number one market, that's just so deflating. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Dwayne in Virginia. Wants to talk some football. What's up, Dwayne? Hey, what's up, Ty? How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm, I'm doing all right. What's going on? All right, so the Justin Herbert contract, that's that's huge, right? And, I mean, I know uh, Jalen Hurts signed the big contract. Um, you got Trevor Lawrence next year. It, it sets a precedent, right? So everyone's getting paid more every year, but the running back loses money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got your receivers that are worth more. You got your, your you know, defensive backs that are worth more, your linebackers, of course. And I just – do you think it's going to backtrack? Do you think quarterbacks will be worth less eventually and I, other players will be worth more? Uh, other players being worth more than quarterbacks? No, I don't ever see that happening. I, I, is it going to get to a point where we see a bit of a plateau? Then sure. Uh, you know, as the as the revenue continues to rise, then there's going well, because to Because of the cap, yeah, right? Because I of mean, the, this because is of the one cap. of the leagues with a cap. It's huge. It yes. makes a huge difference. Which is why you have to invest so much money in your quarterback. Now, we can see going forward, like Mahomes did, take a little bit less. Brady did it in the past, take a little bit less so that you can field a contender consistently since it is a hard cap. But, yeah, that number is going to continue to be reset. We're gonna Whoever is the next quarterback to get paid is going to be the highest-paid quarterback. Look at Russell Wilson just last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is coming up next, I yeah. think. I mean, I think he's going to, you know, and, dude, thanks, Ty. And shout-out to the Boobons. <laughs> Big fan of the Boobons is Dwayne, I guess. Big fan of the Boobons is Dwayne. 800-919-3776. Jalen Brown got a five-year $304 million Supermax extension. When I first heard this, I'm thinking, man, what is Boston doing? But then as it settles in, it's a move they had to make. It's not a a marriage. I'll steal this line from my boy Nick Wright. It's not a marriage of just full-blown, full-blown love. It's one of convenience. The Celtics weren't trading him away. They had to retain him. You know, they've been to, what, five Eastern Conference Finals with him since he's been drafted. He's a really good two-way player. Can't be the best player on a championship team, but he's really good. He had a, had a horrible, you know, playoff run or ending of a playoff run this past season against the Heat. 
But we know he is still an excellent basketball player. And if that's the going rate for him, you got to bite the bullet and pay him five years, $304 million. It was the only move to make. And I think the Celtics can be great next year with Chris Porzingis because I feel like with KP, if he's healthy, their ceiling is higher. KP at his best gives them a higher ceiling than they would have had with Marcus Smart you know, at, at this point of his career. So with Brown, Tatum, and KP, the Celtics right up there with the Bucks as as contenders. And now we got to see what happens with James Harden and the Sixers. I don't know why he wants out. If you are motivated to win a championship, feels like Philly would be the best place to do that. Embiid coming off of an MVP season. Tyrese Maxey's only 22 and going to continue to get better. Why would you want to go to the Clippers where all you have are injury question marks with Kawhi and Paul George? That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, James Harden is going to do James Harden things. 800-919-3776. We wrap the show next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hell no. Hell no. Turn this off. I'm going to pull a Stephen A. Cut the damn music. Well, the reason why he's playing that is because the Mets beat the Yankees tonight, 9-3 at the stadium, and it was not great. I was in attendance. There was no buzz, but the Mets fans created the buzz, and they were chanting, let's go Mets, as home run after home run after home run uh, was hit from Pete Alonzo and Vogelback. Yankees, a comedy of errors defensively, could not handle the pressure of beating a team that came into the game seven games under 500 and seven games back of a playoff spot. So they look to do that tomorrow. Look to do that tomorrow. The Red Sox, by the way, get a win tonight in Boston against the Braves. So with their three-game winning streak, the Red Sox have now cleared the Yankees by a full game. So the Red Sox are in fourth place. The Yankees sit in the American League cellar in last place. And I don't anticipate things getting better. But we'll see if that happens. We shall see. Harvey. Yes. You see what's going on with uh, with Messi and, and, and Miami? I saw it here in the studio. So I, I came across a stat. I'm trying to find it. About the He scored three goals so far. And he's done that a lot quicker than he than he did previously. Like he's just on a tear right now. I'm trying to find the oh, Messi uh, now has three goals in two matches with Inter Miami. Took him 19 matches to reach three goals with Barcelona, and six matches to reach three goals with PSG. He's the goat, man. What's gotten into him? He's the GOAT. I mean, on the biggest stage, and that's what's so like amazing about like the greatest athletes of all time. It's like they age gracefully, uh, gracefully, and then on the biggest stage, they just produce those all-time moments that have everyone just captivated. Dude, plus not to mention Atlanta's pretty bad these days, but um, they're leveling up quick. 
Now they just have to play some some regular season games, and then we can talk about them because they're still a long ways away from the playoffs. Is this true? So Messi's second goal versus Atlanta United becomes the most watched live event in the history of USA. Just saw that on Twitter. I don't know if that's true. Second but, goal? Yeah, his second goal versus Atlanta United. I mean, it was, a, it was a comical goal, if that's what you mean. I'm watching it right now. Do you see the amount of space he has in between himself and the defenders? Oh, my God. He just watch him work. You could draw a circle Oh, he got that. it off the ricochet, off the post, and then was able to drill it in. Shout out to Messi, man. Just, a, just an all-timer. All-timer. Giving us something better to talk about than the Yankees. How, he, how do you feel about the Yankees? You watched that game tonight. They're an average team. Do you feel like they're going to go on a deep playoff run? Deep playoff run? I would consider last year a deep playoff run. It wasn't all that deep. It's it's well, a little <laughs> overrated, right? Like you, sure. Yes, they got to the championship series, but they got swept. Like, what's a deep playoff run these days? Like, do you go to game five? At least you got to get me to a game six of the championship series. Like, you know, what was that, 2019, where they lost on the Altuve home run. Game six, that, that's a deep playoff run. Because technically, last year, they didn't win any games past the division series. Are we going to call that a deep playoff run? It's not going to happen. They won one more playoff game than the Guardians. <laughs> it's a very fun. It's very true. Well,. Well, I mean, that, it's true. The they, Guardians they, beat the Rays. Oh, so get, so technically they won the same amount of playoff <laughs> games as the Guardians. They won the same. Wow. They, the Yankees last season won the same amount of playoff games as the Guardians. The same amount. So we're going to call that a Actually, deep- did they? I think the Guardians won more, didn't they? Well, the wild card. Oh, because the wild card round. Is three games. It's three games. So they won, they won four and the Yankees won wow. three. Wow. <laughs> Guardians won more playoff games than the Yankees last year. And that netted an extension for the GM, Brian Cashman. And the manager, no? Well, the manager got extended after the 2021 debacle in Fenway Park. His contract was up after that season. And we thought there was a chance that some changes could happen. You know, remember, Garrett Cole imploded. And after that game, you know, in the offseason, the Yankees gave him an extension. Next season comes around, they get swept by the Astros, a team they've lost to in 2015 and 2017 and 2019. So now four times in the last seven years, they've lost to the Astros. And the GM in charge of putting together a team good enough to beat them gets an extension. So how should we feel about that? Apparently Judge is coming back soon. Yeah, they they said there's a chase. Boone said he's not going to rule out him playing this weekend in Baltimore. Judge comes back by the end of the month. Do they make the playoffs? They can. I just it's hard it, it's hard for me to believe even if they do make the playoffs, they are going to do anything of significance. Like he he has to go on a tear and cure a lot of what's happening. And even if he does go on that tear, if you're uh, if you're an opposing team, why are you pitching to him? You look up and down that lineup, Rizzo, Stanton, LeMahieu, whoever's playing catcher that night, Volpe, 
Whoever's in left field that night, why? Why are you pitching to? Why? Why would you pitch to Aaron Judge? I don't Whoever's know. in a Yankee uniform. <laughs> why would you pitch to Aaron? Why would you pitch to Aaron Judge? And we saw, you know, late in the season last year, late August and, and throughout September, they just stopped pitching to him. I'm disgusted. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna take a shower, wipe that mess. That you know. Go to the game tomorrow. I ex- no, I'm not doing that. I made that mistake tonight. I'm not making that mistake tomorrow. I'll just. Sit in my living room and watch it on television. I'll talk to y'all on Sunday night, nine to to midnight, right here on ninety-eight seven ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.